You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Hey, what's up, everybody? Listen, if you have not heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Number one, it's free. Yeah, I got your attention now, right? Number two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Number three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Number four, you can make money from your podcast. That's right. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum viewership. Number five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor. Dot FM to get started. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast, where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the What Now Podcast. That's right, the What Now Podcast, where we have conversations about effectively addressing or facing life's most difficult moments. And if you remember, if you listened before, and if this is your first time listening, let me explain it to you. We have scratched out that word difficult or difficult, and we have substituted that or replaced that with defining moments. So we have conversations about facing and addressing life's most defining moments. And the reason why we call them defining moments is not because we allow the moments to define us, but we've taken back the power. We've taken back the authority and the right that was given to us, delegated to us by our creator. And we now define those moments and do, do not allow those moments to define the totality of who we are. So thank you for joining me, for joining me on today. My name is Clifton Petty John. For the sake of the podcast, you can call me Cliff. Listen, this is our Father, Father Day special. And apparently I can't speak today. Uh, I recorded this at 4 
a.m. this morning. Okay, it's almost midnight. So Father's Day is technically almost over because I had to. Re- I'm having to re-record this because for some reason there was a great buzzing in the background throughout the entire episode like i uploaded it and everything i had to hurry up and pull it back down some people heard it and i apologize if you heard it and heard that quality i do apologize i still don't know what the buzzing was i'm recording i have new equipment so i'm confused so you know either way we get through it you live you learn it's okay that i had to re-record because i realized i forgot some people that i wanted to acknowledge anyway so we're going to take that time to go through that list again and we're going to acknowledge everybody there's only two i think i forgot um but we're going to make sure we acknowledge those fathers and i'm going to acknowledge uh my sons my mentees again but listen it's father's day and i just want to take time to acknowledge the fathers out there whatever role you play maybe you're a big brother that has stepped in to be the father maybe you're a community uh, activist or, or someone that's in the community in the school system whatever the church whatever it is you are you stepped into that role we honor you on today as well we don't want you to feel left out and unappreciated you are taking a major responsibility that honestly technically is not yours but when we look at the weight of it all many times it does become ours i have been honored and grateful to be able to serve as a father to many as a big brother to many as an uncle to many as a big cousin to many to whatever they call me a mentor you know a coach, whatever. I've been honored to be able to do that. I don't take that lightly. Guys, our young people are not our future. They are our now. They are our now. (laughs) What now? What are we going to do now to teach them exactly what needs to be taught to them, not just through our words, but even through our actions? How hard would it be for us to just take five minutes out of our day just to speak life into some young people or just to hang around them, play basketball with them, football, baseball, cards, whatever you play, video games, whatever it is they want to do, just to sit and make them feel special for that moment and make them understand that you are so important, you are so special that I'm going to take this time to spend with you. That's an investment that we're making into the future. So I encourage you out there, especially black men, black men, we, we've got to be out there in our communities. We have to be out there in our schools. We have to be out there so that they can see the positive examples. And I'm big on diversity. I'm big on diversity. Those who may not know, I host a radio show, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. And my quest on that show is to introduce our audience to a variety of individuals, male and female, from all races, different cultures, uh, those even um, that are a part of the LBGTQ plus community. Shout out to my community. I want everybody to understand the diversity of how we all are. Why? Because somebody's looking for somebody that they can look up to that kind of reminds them of their self. So if we keep producing the uh, the same type of people, I hate, I always say this, I hate seeing 
groups of people where everybody acts the same. Everybody looks the same. Everybody walks the same. Everybody dresses the same. Everybody talks the same. There's no diversity there. And I feel like where there is not no diversity, there is no growth or there's no uh, expansion you know, or expansion of, of consciousness or expansion of understanding or an expansion of experiences because we're all the same. We all enjoy the same things. We all go the same places. How boring would that be? I don't want two of me. I enjoy me, but I don't want two of me. I want people around me that have diverse interests and even belief systems because I can learn from them. They can learn from me. doesn't mean I have to take on their belief system, but maybe there's something that I can pull from what it is that they believe a personal conviction that they have that can help me along my journey. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about fathers on today. And I really want to talk on the subject of, I thought my life was better off without them. Because there's a lot of fathers that are out there that are absent. There are some that are absent emotionally, some that are absent psychologically, some that are absent absent spiritually, and then some that are absent physically. And each absence that's experienced by the children or the family, it hurts. It really hurts. But sometimes I don't believe that we take the time to dissect or examine the fact that maybe the one that's absent is absent because they're hurt as well. Now, I'm not fall back. I'm not making excuses for it because I am a big person. If you are big enough to take on the action to produce the blessing that comes in the form of a baby then you need to take responsibility for your actions. But I also am aware I've I've dealt with people from all walks of life. Now I started at the age of 19 working in the school systems and in ministry at the age of 19. And now I'm 40. So how many years is that? 21 years. So I've seen the complexity of each situation. What I want us to begin to examine is Okay, why does dad stay away? Why does dad not seem to be involved? Is it that he doesn't want to? Is it that that he doesn't know how to? Is it that nobody was there for him? Is it that he feels as if he's a greater threat than he would be an asset? Did we ever think about that? Did we ever really think about it in the sense of maybe it is a good thing that he's not around right now? I remember a bishop talking about how when he grew up, his father wasn't around. But then when his father started to come around, he was older and he started seeing some of the things his father was doing. And he had a conversation with God. And he said from that conversation, he began to understand and thank God for shielding him from that when he was more vulnerable, because if his father was around doing those things, then it may have had a greater influence on him and his path may have went a different route. Maybe that's why God has you and your father where you guys are now because of the path that he has chosen for the both of you. But the reality is that eventually you guys' paths are going to cross. I can talk about me and my father. When I was younger, my father was not around for whatever reason. 
you know, for whatever reason, he was not around. Uh, as far as my mother, and I want to say this to the uh, mothers that are raising, single uh, mothers that are raising your children, don't put your mouth on the father. My mother never said anything ill towards my father. And I remember I was mad with her. I hated her. I didn't hate her. I hated that she wouldn't say anything negative. But her mindset was, you guys going to form your own relationship. You'll form your own opinion about your father. That was her whole mindset. She never talked down about him. No slick comments. None of those things. Parents, mothers, don't do that. Do not do that because I'm going to tell you the truth. It's a twofold thing for me. If you're going to sit and down the father so much, now I'm going to question you because you chose to lay down with that person that you're bad mouthing now to produce the child or the blessing that you produced. So you got to begin to examine within yourself and make sure, you know, you're doing everything in your power not to influence the uh, thought processes of your children or the decisions that your children make concerning their father. But if I could speak to the fathers, if ever there is a time to deal with the personal situation that you, that you have going on, it is now. Time is too precious and time is too valuable. I was Are you thinking of selling or buying your dream home? Then contact Harrison Domerkin the people's agent. As a licensed realtor in both Delaware and Maryland, Harrison desires to help you sell or buy your home. And he promises you that your experience with him will be great. Call or text him today at 302-260-0659 or email him at harrisondomerkent at gmail.com talking about the situation with my father I remember you know him not being around or him coming around but it wasn't he didn't come around much okay and um then later in life my father was attempting to come around but you know what I did now? I didn't want him around. I didn't. I didn't want him around. So now I begin to be resistant to his attempts to mend what needed to be mended. And that's not good. Some people, you got the right because he shouldn't have did this and he shouldn't have did that and he shouldn't have did this and he shouldn't have did that. Okay, guys. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. But there comes a space in, in, in time in your life where you have to look beyond all of that and look at the big picture. Now, I'm not talking about putting yourself out there to constantly be stumped in your face. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the big picture and giving people an opportunity to grow and mature and develop and to evolve. Sometimes we don't give people the grace that we desire to receive. I'm very careful about saying karma Karma, karma, because sometimes we're releasing karma and then that's what's manifesting in our lives when we expect grace. You can't release karma and expect grace.
And that's not saying that people won't, we don't have to pay for some of, you know, the uh, things that we do. There are consequences connected to every choice that we make, we make, but y'all let's give people a little more room and a little more boundaries to grow. And I I'm saying this from a space I'm 40 now. So I'm saying this from a 40 year old perspective. I did not have this perspective when I was younger, but I'm urging us to teach these, to teach our young people to be a little more flexible and give people time to grow. I know, I know, I know. And I want to say to the young people, it's not about you. It's not, it, it, when I say it's not about you, it's not your fault. There's nothing you can do that's going to change someone else. So I want you to stop carrying that burden that it's your fault that your dad's not around. And we're not bashing fathers. As I said, I just sat and gave you my story. You know, the second attempt for us to come together, that's my fault. Now I'm at a space where it's like, I yearn for family, you know, and, and I got to take strides too. I got to continue to take strides, you know, in certain areas because, you know, I realize I've been successful in a lot of areas of my life, but there's been two areas I have not been successful in. That's relationships. I said this on another show. I can help you through a relationship, talk you through that thing, walk you through that thing. But when it comes to me, walk it like I'm talking. What? Walk it like I'm talking. I can't do it. I don't get it. But that's a whole nother conversation. And then number two, when it comes to family, I separated myself from my family. As I said, I thought my life was better off without them. Or no, I thought their life was better off without me. I'm sorry. I thought their life was better off with me, uh, better off without me, without all my mistakes, without all my lies, without all my insecurities, without all my indecisiveness, without all of my lack of ability to connect with who I was. I thought their lives were better off without me. And there's some fathers out there that feel like that. They genuinely feel like that. And fathers, you're attempting, I'm going to get myself together first. I'm going to get myself together first. Can I be honest with you? There's some healing and even deliverance that you'll need as a father that's only going to come through you connecting with your son or your daughter or your children. That's the missing piece to the puzzle. That's why it won't break. That's why you keep going through the same cycle. That's why it seems like it never ends because the thing that you are attempting to avoid is a thing that's going to bring restoration and healing in your life. So are you willing to do what needs to be done in order for you to experience what it is that you say that you desire to experience? Your children need you. Children, your father needs you. It's going to be a long road. It's going to be a process. I'm not saying you'll listen to this podcast. You'll pick the phone up. You'll call each other. And then it just, everything just goes away. At that happens, somebody's lying. You guys aren't dealing with those tough questions, those tough situations with the reality of the, uh, uh, um, the reality of the pains and the hurts and the fears and the anger and the rejection that has been built up and bubbled up for years is turning into rage 
for years because you felt as if you weren't worthy enough as a child. Father, you felt not worthy enough to even be in your child's life. And then sometimes you don't like looking at your child because that child reminds you of the brokenness that's deep within you, but we're not even going to go there on tonight or today. Yeah, tonight. Because that's some brokenness inside of you that you connecting with your child is going to cause you to have to face that you just don't want to face. But can I be real with you? Gotta face it. It sucks. It sucks. You experience trauma. You never got the help that you need. If for the life of me, I'm telling you right now, here's what I'm going to say to each and every one of you. If you know you need therapy, man up and go get therapy. If you know you need it, be real about it. Don't try. Now I got this cliff. I'm going to handle this thing on my own. You've been trying to handle it on your own, on your own for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 30 years, 20 years. You've been trying to handle it on your own and it's just not working. Understand everything that you need is inside of you. It's inside of you. God created us uniquely like that. However, you need to connect with people that have the ability to unlock the doors to where those solutions have been hiding and have been lodged inside of you. You need somebody that can creatively dig past all of that stuff that you're dealing with all of that guilt, all of that condemnation, all of that self-hatred, all of that stuff. You need somebody to dig there, daddy. Father, sons, daughters, we need people that can invade that space and professional help helps. And I'm not saying that is the end all for everything, but it needs to be a part of the process. We need to be processing these things individually, then as a group. Now, that's to the absent father that's physically absent, but it needs to be applied to those that are spiritually absent, emotionally absent, because emotional absence is huge, too, because one of the things about fathers that may be physically located in the house, but emotionally they're not there, they feel as if, well, I'm here, I'm here. So but you don't understand the emotional rejection and the side effects that it can cause on that child. So let this be a year where we begin to repair the bridges. I um I started working in the school system at the age of 19 and I was privileged to work at a school called Richard Island in Georgetown, Delaware, all right? I started there at the age of 19 and Richard Island was a school for those who had been identified with behavior issues. And academically, you know, they were on a um, lower level than a lot of people academically. However, I discovered just how intelligent these people are. I remember the first year I was there, they were telling me I took a group. I was teaching them math and I was like, I want to teach them algebra. And um, some people there was like, you're not going to be able to teach them algebra. How are you going to teach them algebra? Just stick with the basics. Man, I took that group. <laughs> I don't even know if I should say this on the air, but I related it. I'm going to put it like this. I related algebra to something they were accustomed to on a day-to-day -day basis. And they begin to grasp it. 
those who were at low level reading, low reading levels, low reading levels. I mean, like they're in high school and they're reading on a second grade level. They begin to come to me and wanted to learn how to read. They were no longer embarrassed by it. It, it was just amazing experience. But anyway, I was telling that story to tell because um, I got distracted. <laughs> but I was telling this story here. I had two young men. These were the first young men to ever call me dad. Okay. And they were only like two years apart from me. Like I said, I was 19 years old when I started working there, but I built a bond with these two young men. And, um, there was one of them uh, and I actually got to see him graduate, call his name for his graduation. That was big for me, uh, because he had dropped out of school, went back as an adult. I was, uh, working at teaching at that school when he came. Oh, it was just, uh, it was hard for me to keep myself together on that stage. But anyway, when I started mentoring him and he started calling me dad and I was calling him son and everything. And we de developed that bond. I started talking to him about the importance of him connecting or reconnecting with his father. Here's the crazy thing. I'm sitting here and trying to tell him he needs to reconnect with his father, yet I'm not willing to connect with Bond. However, my apostle, uh, and I'm going to be talking about him a little later, Apostle Flowers, you know, he was there and he stepped in. And I, I just want to honor, I'm going to do you now. I'm going to do your honor now, Apostle Flowers. Hopefully you do hear this. Um, but I just thank God for you, for everything that you were in my life from the time that I was able to be, you know, with you in ministry. What you did for me goes far beyond church culture. Um, you helped me understand. I remember one time you told me, Cliff, you just got to make a decision. You got to be willing to make a decision because I always stood in a place of indecision. I was very indecisive about everything. I was afraid of making the wrong decisions. And that's something you instilled in me is the ability to stand up and make a decision. And I thank God for that. But Apostle Flowers really was instrumental in forming the man that I am today. Now, while I was there, I was hard-headed. I was rebellious. I was passive-aggressive. You know, I was all of those things, but I was taking it in. I was taking it in. And one of the things he was telling me was, Cliff, you got to reconnect with your father. You have to connect with your father. You have to connect. He was drilling that inside of me. And I'm telling this story about my student for a reason. So he didn't want to hear anything. He was like, you're my dad. I don't need to connect with him. Anyway, they start to reconnect. As they start to reconnect, his dad dies. After his dad dies, he takes it hard. I remember talking to one of his family members. They were like, well, I don't know why he's so mad because, you know, it ain't like his dad was in his life all them years. I said, yeah, but you got to understand there was always a hope, even though he was voicing something there was something deep inside of him that was hoping that one day we'll share that connection. And now he feels as if that's impossible. I'm not trying to scare you into anything at all. I'm just trying to get you to understand that we waste a lot of time sometimes standing on our end of the fence, attempting to prove a point instead of walking in the middle together and trying to reason together and build what needs to be built. We are our greatest when we are united. 
We are our greatest when we are united. So fathers, my goal is to reunite you with sons, reunite you with daughters. But I don't want to do that if you're not going to be that positive influence in their lives and be willing to commit to working on you. If you're out there and you're a father and you know you need to work on you, on you and you need help with that, you can always reach out to me. 302-648-5544. If I cannot help you, then I will refer you to somebody that can help. Call that number or text help to that number. If you call, please leave a detailed message and someone from our office will reach you, reach out to you within a uh, uh, expedited manner or a respectful manner. And if you text, usually it's a quicker response. So again, text help to 302-648-5544 or call that number. Or you can always email me at info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. Okay. That's what I want to talk. That's number one. Number two, to the fathers that are there, thank you for being those superheroes and those other ones that step in. Thank you for being the superheroes to the kids. Thank you for the time that you give them. Thank you even for the financial resources that you give them. And those of you that value money over time, man, you don't know what that time does for that kid. Money is important. It is valuable. However, make sure you're taking that time. But we love you on today, each and every one of you. And now I'm going to honor some of the men in my lives in, in my life that stood in that role. I was talking about Apostle Flowers. He probably had the most influence upon me as it relates to fatherhood. I watched him as a natural father. I watched him as a spiritual father and the care that he showed individually because he taught me about equality, but he also taught me about equity as well. And we know equality is that we treat everybody equally. Equity is that although we may not treat everybody equally, we are treating everybody the way they need to be treated so that everybody can grow and develop the way that they need to grow. Because what you need may not be what somebody else needs. So Apostle Flowers, I thank you. I love you. I honor you. I appreciate you. And I'm saying this to you and I'm saying it to all the other men as well. I apologize to each and every one of you that took time to invest in me and my behaviors, my actions and my choices did not show respect of your time, of your poor, of the information you gave me. It did not value. It did not show value of all of those things. I apologize for that. And it is my lifelong goal that the life that I live shows each and every one of you that I'm appreciative to the seasons and the space that you played a role in my life. So I salute you, Apostle Flowers. You are one of the greatest men that I know. I still talk about you today. One of the greatest compliments I ever got, I'll never forget. I think her name was Miss Kettle. She had worked with Apostle Flowers at a school that they worked at together. And she was working with me at Richard Island. And one day she came into a cl the classroom and I was doing an activity with the kids. And I was standing on the desk. I think I was jumping on the desk. Um, and every, she, they were just engaged in the activity. And if you knew Richard Island back then, you would know why. Uh, a lot of people were surprised how engaged they were. 
Uh, and she pulled me to the side afterwards. She said, you know who you remind me of? And I said, who, Miss Kettle? She said, there's a gentleman. His name is Anthony Flowers. I said, Miss Kettle, that is the highest honor you could ever give me. I'm trying. Mm. I said, that's the highest honor you could give me. I said, that's my pastor. I said, that is my pastor. I said, he's my mentor. I look at him as a father. She said, you remind me of him working with these boys. That meant so much to me. So much to me. I remember another incident too. A, um, I think I was doing a teaching. I think I was doing a teaching online and somebody wrote me and was like, um, man, I know you're not there no more. But I can tell where you came from. He said, your teaching style, you sound like them. It, 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 it really blessed me. It really blessed me. And I thank you. And I thank you for everything that you taught me about ministry and about life. It's because, uh, excuse me, because now there are people that are experiencing the ministry that's in me and experiencing life because of what you guys taught me. So I thank you. I appreciate you. And I love you. Anthony Baker Jr. is the CEO of a nonprofit community organization called Helping the Homeless. As an organization, they are committed to changing lives and making others smile. In addition to providing hands-on services for the homeless community all over Philadelphia, they also have a Big Brothers mentoring program where participating youth are taught the value of giving back to their community. To learn more about the organization, call 215 487-8589 or email them at hthphilly at gmail.com Now to my dad. Dad, I just want you to know I love you and I appreciate you. Um, I honor you for the man that you are. You have always been a hard worker and you have a major or a, a huge heart, a huge heart. And sometimes it goes without saying. And as I said, I've not always been one that has expressed my feelings honestly or has expressed my feelings at all. But I want you to know that you are a great father. You are a great grandfather and you are a great man. I just want you to know that you are a great man and I appreciate you. I remember when my uh, nephew was going through some of the things he was going through and you were working at the school, how you went above and beyond to check on him, to make sure he was okay, to talk to him. That's big. That's big. So, and even my friends, I went to high school with. That's all they talk about. Big Cliff, Big Cliff, Big Cliff. So I, I thank God for you. And I, I really want you to know I appreciate you. I really appreciate you. And as I said, I, I repent, I repent.
I apologize, you know, for the times that I've just haven't been there. I truly apologize. So I love you, man. To my brother, Juan P, yo, I'm so godly. Oh, man, I'm proud of you, man. You are a great father, not just a joy. You did a great job with Jai. You did a great job with Jai. You're doing a great job with Jai. But I watch you with them other kids, man, and I'm going to tell you what I see. And God, this must just be an emotional podcast for me. All I see is mom, yo. Because, and the crazy thing about it is, people used to tell me all the time, watching you work with kids is like watching Miss Sis. That's what they used to call mom. Watching Miss Sis. But one thing that I always knew, and I don't know if you know this, Juan, but I want you to know this. I don't have the heart for people that she had. I don't. I have a heart for people. I do have a heart for people. People know I have a heart for them. But to the degree and the magnitude that she had and that you have, I don't have that. That's rare. That's unique. And that's awesome. And that's what makes you great as a man. That you can have compassion for the lowest of lows. And when I say lowest of lows, I'm not calling anybody low. But I'm talking about when people are at a low state where other people would kick them while they're down. You're willing to go pick them up. Even if that means that they're going to buck back at you and you become their enemy because you're trying to show them that they can do better. You're still right there. Keep that heart, man. Keep that heart. And I salute you and honor you on Father's Day. My Uncle Greg, yo. My Uncle Greg. <laughs> yo, he was, a, he was a male figure that we had around. He taught me how to drive a stick shift. Um, what else he teach me, yo? Oh, he used to cut my hair. And like, if I was mean or smart to him, I'd have to go to school with a messed up haircut because he would cut it uh, the wrong way just so I would look stupid. Um, <laughs> trying to teach me a lesson, but he was the first, he was there at baseball. He helped me, uh, better my skills because he was man, he was nasty on the field so you know i honor him all today i want him to know i love him and i appreciate him for being himself mr reed bryce reed he was my elementary computer teacher shout out organ trail he used to let us play organ trail um those that were you know my age, you know what Oregon Trail was, and it was you only got to play on certain days and for a little bit of time, so it was a big thing to be able to play. But as I um progressed and got to high school, he was also my baseball coach, but he was more than that. He was a mentor to me, he was a father figure to me. I remember I quit the team, I quit, I walked away, and he came to the house to get me and refuse to let me quit. And I appreciate that because man, that meant so much to me. So I, I, I thank him. And when he needed to be tough on me, he was tough on me. Trust. He was tough on me. Even when my family went through y'all got, listen, guys, we were homeless. We were homeless. And I remember our first day being homeless 
and we needed to move some stuff. I, we didn't know how we were going to move. And I called him. He came and moved us that day. I appreciate him for that. I don't take that lightly. I want to shout out Terry McGee too, because I remember when my grandmother died and he came and coolers full of food and put up basketball courts in the trailer park. And on top of that, I remember him paying for our membership for the indoor batting cages. And we were blessed. I I really thank God for the men that stepped in in my life and and took on roles that others didn't. To Bishop Marvin Morse, I thank you. I remember when y'all started the mentoring program at the church. You became me and my brother's mentor. You were there for us. Uh, beyond church, you know, so I appreciate you. I salute you. You are a, another one of the greatest men that I've ever met in my life. I love your genuineness. I love your love for people, your passion for ministry. Love you, sir. Appreciate everything that you did. Mr. Ivan Neal. The reason that I wanted to become a teacher, the reason that I Work with young people. You are the reason, sir. I mean, of course, you know, God is the ultimate reason. He had a plan, but it's your example. I remember being, uh, well, first of all, you taught me how to write my name before I went to elementary school. So you started even before I went to kindergarten. So I appreciate you for that. But even after that, I thank God for you because in elementary school, you taught me sacrifice. This is why I was willing to sacrifice so much for the young people that I was working with. Because you worked at Frankfurt Elementary. You would leave Frankfurt Elementary, come to Georgetown Elementary to do the after-school program in your community. You and Mrs. Oliver, y'all taught us about our black history. You taught us about, you know, uh, making sure that we were careful how we carried ourselves and y'all set great examples for us. So I just want to salute you and thank you, Mr. Neal, for everything that you've done in my life. I, man, I still brag about you. I talk about you still my favorite commercial too. my hero, Mr. Neal. That came out about the same time as a like Mike commercial came out because he was uh teacher of the year and then he was nominated for national teacher of the year. So they had this great big commercial campaign, but it was uh, around the My Hero uh monologue. So, yeah, I remember that. Uh Dr. D, Dr. D was my principal at um the school in New Jersey that I worked uh in the behavior department. He was a principal there. He taught me a lot about business. He taught me a lot about finances. He taught me a lot about um, the inner workings within the school system as well. I appreciate you, Dr. D. Everything that you did, I appreciate. He actually, I'm going to tell you this too. He restored a lot of confidence in me from the administrative side of things. He really pushed me as an administrator. I, man, that's a great man. I'm going to tell you, if you don't know him, he's a great man to get to know. Let's see who else I have on my list. Coach Benny Wilbanks, yo. Coach Benny Wilbanks. Those who may not know, Benny Wilbanks was a Major League Baseball player at one time. He hurt himself, but he became my A. It was, I don't call it an AAU team. It basically was an AAU team, though, because it was a bunch of us from Sussex County. We got together, we formed this team, and we used to go play Division Three colleges. Um, the reason why I appreciate him, he taught me, if you're not 15 minutes early, 15 minutes or more early, you're late. 
And he lived by that principle. And if we got to practice and we were 10 minutes early, we were late. So we had to run. We had to do pushups. I remember in the middle of games, we would do something uh, wrong or, or do something not right. And he stopped the game. He's hold the whole game up. All right, everybody down. Give me 25 pushups. Like his whole method was crazy. I remember one time we went to this college and they were killing us. Yo. They was every picture we put in, including myself. They was just hitting us all over the place. Yo. And keep in mind, we were in high school, but they were killing us this game. And he said, somebody's got a pitch. I don't know what we're going to do. Then he said, you know what? Forget it. He got his glove and he got out there on the mound and he pitched. And I, that day I looked at that man and I said, you know what? This dude is crazy, but in a good way. Like he was so passionate about the game of baseball and passionate about enjoying what you do in life. So I appreciate you, um, coach Benny Wilbanks to Dr. Ira Dwayne Roach. When it comes to business, I always tell people this. This man pushed me in relationship to business. If it was not for him, there would be no Clifton Petty John Enterprises LLC right now. And I'm, I mean, maybe it would, but y'all get what I'm saying. If he didn't believe in the business and push, do it, do it, do it, do it. Trusting me, even in the school to do the teachings and the chapels, all that stuff and, and teaching Sabbath school at his ministry and just, uh, Man, it, I just appreciate everything that he did. I, I really, really honestly do appreciate him. Dr. Deron Daniels, I appreciate you for everything that you did as well. Man, you're a great leader. Do you hear me? You are a great leader. And I appreciate everything that you invested in me and then entrusting me to teach your people. I don't take that lightly. That's not something that I take very lightly. So I appreciate you and in, in the time and space that I was able to be a part of the ministry with you as well. So now I talked a little bit about uh, one of my kids, Chris. I'm going to talk a little bit about Andre. Um, they call him Norwood. He was probably, man, he was my first headache. But, yo, gifted and talented, yo, man, so proud of him. So proud of him for every gift, talent, and ability that's in his life. Now let me hit my two major boys, man. And I call them my major boys because one of them really was with me in my lowest of lows. And one of the things that he said to me, I'm going to talk about him first, DeAndre Santiago. He said... This thing hit me so hard though when he said it. I remember one day it, it was just, we were going through tough times and I was like, man, I'm sorry I can't do the stuff I used to do. I can't get you the stuff I used to could get you. I'm really sorry, man. And he told me, he said, it doesn't matter what you can do and what you can't do. He said, that doesn't change the value of who you are in my life. Man, you want to talk about a G losing every, man, I lost it. I lost it because I was like, dang, he got that lesson at such a young age. But listen, he's a father now. I'm proud of the man that he is. I even was talking to him and telling him how proud I was because I saw him um, 
helping organize protests and just being out there protesting uh, for the rights of people. That is just big for me. When I look at DeAndre, he always was a natural born leader. He was a part of my junior staff. Y'all, I had a junior staff that could run a club better than any staff. Do you hear me? They, they could put in some work. Um, but DeAndre was with me through a lot of stuff. He was right there. It was my right hand man. I just want you to know, Dre, I told you this, but I want to put this on public record as well. I'm proud of the man that you are. And I'm proud of the man that you're becoming. I want you to understand you are great. You are great. There is greatness lodged inside of you. Nobody can stop that greatness from shining. No one can stop that greatness from evolving except for you. My encouragement to you and to every young person I've ever encountered is that you always get out of your own way and allow purpose to control purpose to take control. And ultimately, that means allowing God to uh, to take control. You are awesome and you are amazing. And I know you're a great father. I love you, man. You are my heart. Gene Bain, man. <laughs> He used to call himself Mr. Cliff Jr. I think he's a little too old to call himself Mr. Cliff Jr. I don't think he calls himself that no more. But um, I remember when the, when he first came to the club, and I talked to him about this today. Um, I remember he first came to the club, and he had a little brother, Kim. He's a man now, too. Man, somebody getting old. I guess it's me. They all done grew up. Man, I, the last... Yeah, this year's graduating class was the last class of my boys and girls club. The last class grew, uh, graduated. And I said, man, and they were four when they came to me. I had two four-year-olds. I can say that now. I had two four-year-olds in my program and they graduated this year. Um, but anyway, I remember Gene King and when he came, um, he was so worried about taking care of his brother and make sure his brother's snack was open and the milks were open and he had everything laid out for his brother that he didn't really get a chance to have fun in the club. And I had to tell him, Gene, we got him. We're going to take care of him. You just go ahead and play. And that talks about the heart that he has, man. He has a big heart. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what you go through in life. And this is to everybody. Don't lose or don't. Yeah, don't lose contact with the thing that makes you unique, that makes you special, that makes you awesome, that makes you amazing. He has an amazing heart. Whatever you go through, Gene, don't lose contact with your heart. Don't let life cause you to lose contact with your heart. That compassion that you have, that love that you have, that care that you have, find ways to transmit that throughout life, man. Find ways to transmit it throughout life. I told you today, I know you're a great father. I know you are. I know you're not perfect. None of us are perfect, but I know you're a great father. And my prayer for you is that you will continue to stand and be the great father and the great man that you are. There's greatness inside of you that wants to come out, not just come out and play every now and then. It wants to live every day 
Allow that thing to come out of you. Allow that light to shine radiant, yo. You are a beacon of light. Let that shine, man. Let that shine. They my boys, man. Dre and Gene, that's my boys right there. I had some other ones that are very special to me. But them two right there, excuse me, they are my boys. Them, happy Hanukkah. Hakam. These my boys. <laughs> but yeah, they my boys, man. So I want y'all both to know I love you. I respect you as men. I respect you as men. And I'm excited to see, you know, what life has for you guys, you know, as you continue to live. So this is probably the longest podcast I had I for fathers, man. I just want to honor fathers. Sometimes fathers are overlooked. Mother's Day is always like this great big extravaganza. And then we have Father's Day and it's like, here you go. I want to change that in our culture. But sometimes that change is going to have to come through as we talked about in the beginning. You know, fathers, and I believe you fathers are stepping up now. I believe you're listening and you're you're ready. You're like, yo, I, I got to take action. I got to take action. You know how I know that? That's my responsibility to this world. I am a conversationalist, but I'm not a conversationalist that makes you sit around and just think. I want you to sit around and think about some of the things that I say. I want you to replay it and listen to it again. But I also have the ability to provoke you to action. That's the whole point of this thing. I don't want to get on here and just say all this stuff and there's no action. I want there to be a movement. Like I said, you need help. You need support. Don't you become so prideful. That you're not able to ask for help and support. That's what we're supposed to be here. That's the whole objective of community. Allow us to be your community. All right. So I'm ready to go. Happy Father's Day. Celebrate your fathers more than just on Father's Day. If you are hurting and you are broken. You can reach out to me as well. 302-648-5544. Text. Help. Or, you know, leave a, a voicemail or you can email me at info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. Your identity will remain anonymous. Your conversation with me is between you and me. If you're talking to me and I identify that you need therapy, I am a certified life purpose coach. I'm not a therapist. Okay. I'm a teacher by nature. I'm not a therapist. I will do the part that I can do, play the role that I can play. I'm a spiritual leader as well. I will pray with you. I have the ability to prophesy to you, to speak into your life. However, if therapy is needed, I'm going to suggest it to you because we need to make sure we're getting all avenues and exploring all possibilities because we want to be whole in all core areas of our lives. Okay. I love each and every one of you. I appreciate your support. And now I'm fitting to go because I'm ready to go to bed. So I want you to create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace. Many people define stagnation as not producing or being at a standstill. I get it. 
However, I would like to add a little weight to the definition and say that I may be producing. I may be moving. However, my production and my movements are disrespectful to the purpose that's inside of me, to the greatness that's inside of me. If that's going on, that's stagnation as well. And that's okay. Guess why? Because I have developed a tool. I wrote a book called From Stagnation to Transformation. And that book was written specifically for individuals that feel stuck, that feel lost, that feel like they're just wandering in the wilderness, that feel like they just, I need something is just missing. It's okay. I want you to head over to www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. There you're going to find a complimentary portion of the book. That's right. A complimentary portion of the book. I want you to read that portion. After that, it's going to ignite such a fire inside of you that you're going to want to purchase the co- your personal copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to do that as well. Why? Because I believe that it'll give you a 21-day jumpstart to fulfilling or re-identifying purpose in whatever core area you find yourself stagnant in. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation.